This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda, our show, uh, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com, a podcast that focuses on contemporary spirituality. Our guest today, Dr. Sandra McLanahan. She is also known as Amrita. She is a holistic medical physician who practices in rural Virginia. She was a director of stress management for the pioneering research team led by Dean Ornish. Uh, Amrita, thank you so very much for taking the time uh, to come on our podcast today. Thank you very much. Amrita, let's um, fill our listeners in on your background. You've been uh, an MD for uh, some decades now, and you've also done a lot of research on uh, yoga and health and uh, were... Uh, with Swami Satchidananda at a very early uh, stage of his work and yours. Can you give us a little background? What what came first, the yoga or the uh, doctoral work? I became interested in yoga while I was in medical school uh, for a number of reasons. One is that it was very stressful. Someone suggested a yoga class. I went, I thought I'd have to tie myself in knots. But I found that just the gentle, gentle, easy stretching of integral yoga, which is what I started out with, um, had this wonderful effect on my stress level. And when I first did deep relaxation, it was 1972, I was a senior in medical school, I said to myself when I went into the deep relaxation at the end of the class, oh, this is a kind of medicine because it felt like such a relief and such a joy to get to a place of calmness and rejuvenation. So I began studying it, and I had seen from medical school that so much of illness had a preventive aspect, and it really wasn't being addressed, and still isn't mostly by medical school. Uh, Although there is a new Academy of Lifestyle Medicine uh, that is making uh, an effort to bring this awareness in and do more research on it. So anyway, I've been studying it ever since. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you, Amrita, that uh, uh, I'm fascinated and I, and I wanted to learn as much as I can about Swami Satchidananda because uh, back in the day, I guess it was around 1970, uh, uh, I remember seeing a film of him speaking at Woodstock. He introduced it, and I was just blown. I'd never seen anybody kind of up close uh, on film even that looked like that and there was there was a gaze there was a look in his eyes of great uh, inner depth is what I sensed and I don't know what I sensed at the time but it had a big effect on me and uh, and then I pursued uh, actually I, I, I got involved with TM back then uh, but it was I, I, I thought Maharishi and Swami Satchidananda were the same person but it was just this um, uh, so I'm, I'm curious about your <laughs> they first... They did get confused in people's they, they minds. Did look very, they but, did you know, look to me, it was all, if it's all absolute <laughs> bliss and all that, uh, yeah, the outer form can take many shapes, but he certainly had it, whatever that is. Yes, and I'm yes, wondering about central your first, casting. Yeah, I'm wondering what your uh, uh, first experience with him was and uh, what your experience was. Well, uh, my first involved. experience was a transcript of a talk he gave at the Colorado Peace Festival in 1970. And I actually cut it out of the paper and kept it in my wallet for two years until I found out that he lived in this country because I thought he was 
living in India. In the in the talk, he said a couple of things that really struck me. He said we had a natural state of ease, and when we lose it, we get dis-ease. So we want to go to the root of what is dissing our ease. And nobody in medical school was talking about that, but I had the sense, um, which we now know, that 80 to 90% of illness is stress-related. And it has to do with then our lifestyle choices and you know diet, exercise, relaxation, and so forth. But any any uh, sort of getting to the root of things wasn't being looked at. Mostly medical school then and still is was drugs and surgery school, and both of them had side effects. Mm-hmm. And when you have them, they're not side effects; they're effects. <laughs> so. So I was really interested in getting at the root of things. The other thing he said in the talk was that if you can't take a pill to become a doctor, how can you take a pill to become enlightened? And there was so much use of uh, of psychedelics and marijuana and lots of things in those days, uh, late 60s, early 70s. So I also had seen this and realized that that didn't make sense. So... So I was very interested, and then I came across a book uh, as I was walking through a bookstore called To Know Yourself by Swami Satchidananda and saw his picture, and I saw something in his eyes that was so loving. And when I read that book, it really sort of explained the whole ger- journey of human humans and what we're doing here in the body and the larger picture. So that led me to take a retreat with him, in the fall of 1972, uh, there were, that was a huge yoga retreat. And when I met him, the first thing that he did when he came out on stage was there were 600 of us in the audience, and he had, they had created a stage with an awning and everything in the hot California sun. This was north of San Francisco. The first thing he did was he looked out and he said, You're all in the sun, and I'm in the shade. Let's move. So he made them deconstruct the stage and create it in a way that all the audience would be in the shade too. And that was the first act that I saw him do. So the sense was that it was about service, that yoga wasn't just about creating a godlike person, but it was about service and love. And that really impressed me. Very interesting. Um, so that first yoga class you took was with somebody trained by Swami Satchidananda. Yes, and it's very interesting that it was in the same room in the San Francisco Integral Yoga Institute yeah. in the same year with the same teacher, Swami Karunananda, that Richard Miller took that same <laughs> class and experienced deep relaxation and then went on to form his his uh, teaching of deep relaxation called iRest, which he works mainly with the military, teaching iRest. We should uh, point out that we've uh, had Richard Miller on the show, and people could listen to that uh, in our interview yeah, with him. Yeah, the same lineage and the same spark. Yeah. On Dolores Street. Yes, on Dolores Street, still there. <laughs> yes, and there's a wonderful Swami running at Swami Ramananda. Yeah, I think I've actually been that. that. That's near where? Near, right above Dolores Park, right above Dolores Mission in okay. the Mission District. In I know exactly yeah. where. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So after after I had that experience and then I met Swami Satchidananda, 
1974, I went to India with him for three months um, to actually look at hospitals that were using yoga and the research uh, traditions uh, where they'd they'd looked at the medical benefits and health benefits of yoga. And I went on many trips to India after that with him doing that and with Dean Ornish as well. Mm. Very interesting. uh, As I understand it, uh, the center of... Uh, Swami Satyajananda's uh, teachings is uh, one of the centers is uh, Yogaville, and uh, it's a, a place that's open to the public and visitors are welcome. And uh, I think I read, you know, it's open to all faiths, uh, meditate and pray. What, can anyone visit there? And they, when they go there, if they're seeking uh, to learn to meditate or to get started on a on, on a path, uh, what is what goes on there and what's available? What do you recommend to people? Well, it's a very balanced. Integral yoga is very balanced, which I love about it, and very open. So uh, Yogaville is a 1,000 acres on a series of bluffs overlooking the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's very beautiful and quiet here. In Virginia, we should point out. In Virginia, south of Charlottesville. And I just love the quiet and peace and connection with nature. And we run all kinds of retreats for beginners, for me intermediates for advance, and all kinds of lineages. Now that Swami Satchinanda is no longer in the body, we've also welcomed many other yoga lineages here, which I like too. The sort of background uh, teaching of Swami Satchinanda is truth is one, paths are many. And we actually have our meditation hall has representations of all religions and all paths so that everybody could feel comfortable using the tools of yoga to help them on their particular path. That's very interesting. Oh, go ahead, Sandra. What I love about integral yoga class as a class is the sequence is very helpful physiologically, and I think it, it worked itself out that way, that it begins with chanting because chanting sort of shifts the brain to a more relaxed state because we mm-hmm. act relatively activate the right brain, which is outside time and space. The right brain doesn't experience time and space at all, which is a little clue that they don't really exist. Einstein showed <laughs> that. And that they're just sort of something the brain makes up, time and space. So we can step outside of our problems by chanting because it shifts by any kind of music that shifts us I mean, music can rouse us up, too, but peaceful music can really shift us out of our stress. And so we start the class with that. And uh, what's wonderful is that it also, when you chant, especially the humming sound, it increases nitric oxide in the blood vessels, which makes them more flexible and relaxed. So it starts that relaxation process by starting the class with chanting. And they actually have a therapy group where you sing your problems into the microphone. Oh, I'm having a hard time with my husband, <laughs> et cetera. As soon as you start to sing, you start to laugh because you're looking at your problems differently. And I was stuck in traffic uh, around Washington, D.C., where they often make uh, the beltway into a parking lot. And I'm, I'm all tensed up and ready to go give a talk about stress management. So I said, okay, I'll make up a traffic song. And it went, traffic jam, traffic jam, traffic all the way. 
And uh, and I started to laugh, and all of a sudden it was okay to be where I was, mm-hmm. just kind of sitting there. So anyway, we start the class with chanting, and then the first um, thing in the integral yoga class is eye exercises, because the eyes are the only part of the brain that you can see on the surface of the body. Uh, the brain actually in the embryo takes part of itself and creates the eyes. Hmm. So they, they are, they're the only part of the brain on the surface of the body that you can see. Um, and they, they maintain all those connections. So as you relax the eyes, it goes in and helps the brain and the mind start moving toward a more relaxed state. Then the next step is the sun salutation, which um, actually I found out it is a, came about with the bringing of the British bodybuilding and Swiss and German bodybuilding to India that actually sun salutation didn't start mm-hmm. in India. It started by the fact that there was a bodybuilding school next to a yoga class within the Mysore Palace. And so when they developed the uh, sort of uh, more physical aspects of asanas, they incorporated some of these principles. So sun salutation comes from that. But it really warms up the spine in preparation for the asana. And asana means to be still without movement. It's to prepare us for the stilling of the body that then helps us on the path of meditation to still the mind. And integral yoga starts with the sun salutation, which I think is wonderful to warm up the spine. And it, when we stretch ourselves backward, it increases adrenaline because it pushes on the adrenals. Mm-hmm. When we stretch ourselves forward, it reduces adrenaline and activates the parasympathetic. So this is a very balanced way to kind of rebalance our, our nervous system uh, gently through the sun salutation. Wow. Yeah, Phil? So, so in- no, l- l- I'd like to uh, hear the rest of the sequence because yeah. I was going to ask about that, okay. actually. Okay, so then, then we start the, the next step after sun salutation is the, is the backward bends, because that wakes up the body, again, mm-hmm. activating the adrenals. Then balancing into the, the forward bends, uh, we, so we do the backward bend poses first, then the forward bend poses, the head to knee and full forward bend, um, and that pulls on the parasympathetics at the base of the spine. So it's, it's not just leaning over. If you've ever noticed in, in that posture, that asana, the, the whole body goes, ah, because that's, when the para, that's a, sort of a reflection of the parasympathetics kicking in. So then, okay, we've stirred up everything, and then we drain them with a shoulder stand, which is called the all-members pose, which helps the, all the things that have been brought into the blood mm-hmm. supply and the lymph supply to drain. And then uh, the, the balance of the shoulder stand is the fish pose, so we stretch the neck in the opposite direction. Finally, the spinal twist, because, okay, so we've activated and then drained. Now we're going to um, push through the kidneys, any of these uh, things that have come from cellular metabolism and and activate the kidneys in, uh, to do their work with spinal twists. And finally, to finish off the asanas after you fit in some balance poses and so forth, um, the yogic seal, which is 
crossing the legs and leaning forward. Um, yoga mudra prepares us for deep relaxation because, once again, it's pulling on the parasympathetics. Finally, deep relaxation is like dessert of the yoga class because it takes advantage of the body-to-mind connection as well as the mind-to-body connection. So the body-to-mind connection, um, whatever we do with the body, because we are body-mind, not separate, um, reflects in the mind. So when we take a rubber band and stretch it and then let it go, it relaxes. And so if you tense up your muscles first, which we do in the classic deep relaxation, and then let them go, the body says, oh, that's what it's like to feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. And Amrita, when, when people uh, in the integral yoga community uh, do their uh, sadhana at home, uh, and I assume they, they do, um, as opposed to when you're in a group or a class, um, is there a, a sort of set proportion of how much time is spent in asana, how much in pranayama, how much in meditation? Because I, I, I should, just by um, background, the notion of integral yoga has always been, uh, uh, I mean, he called it that right from the beginning because it, it, uh, encompasses all of the sort of limbs of classical yoga and also, as you said, uh, inter- integrates other other factors as well. So when somebody has a, a, a practice at home, what is the typical proportion? Again, it depends on the individual, and that's one of the things that I do as a physician using yoga tools is that I'll sometimes give homework, uh, do forward bends three times a day. If you're an anxious patient, do more of the active uh, sun salutation if you're depressed to get yourself moving. Um, And really the deep relaxation is to lead you into meditation. Um, it's, It's preparation for pranayama, which is the next step in the class. Uh, and I sometimes give specific pranayamas for specific problems. The basic three-part breathing, it depends on the patient, but sometimes I'll say just check in and do three-part breathing all day long and give them some affirmations to use along with that. And then um, the bellows breathing for someone who might have sluggish digestion or need to wake up more or need more energy, um, the alternate nostril breathing balance within about five minutes balances right and left brain. Also, the right nostril is the sympathetic nervous system nostril, and the left nostril is the parasympathetic, so you immediately balance out your parasympathetics and sympathetic nervous system, which mm-hmm. is the active and the relaxation response. And then that's all to prepare you to do the meditative work, which is the all-day-long mindfulness work and just being aware of how powerful each thought is to Mm -hmm. change our physiology. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately to go beyond the the thoughts to the experience of oneness and peace and the sort of joy that is underneath the manifest universe. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a practical question following up on uh, what Phil was uh, asking. Uh, Suppose somebody comes to you, say a woman comes to you and she says, I'm a single mother, I'm working, I have two... Uh, teenage kids, a boy and a girl, they're 14 and 15. We're all interested. I, I have, she said, I'm very busy, but I have maybe uh, 15 minutes, a half hour a day I could go put toward my, you know, my spiritual growth. 
and and the kids would be interested in putting a little time at this. What do you give somebody like that? Oh, well, that's a very common problem, and I'm glad you asked that question. So basically, have the basic um, class, which is an hour and 15 minutes, with Swami Satyajananda himself teaching it. It's called Integral Yoga Hatha, Yoga with the Master. And it's nice and slow and gentle for beginners. So what I recommend is they learn the class and then adapt a little bit of each of these elements that I've talked about, which are five, basically, asana, deep relaxation, pranayama, meditation, and visualization. Those are the five tools. And what's terrific about learning the tools is that even if you can know those tools for the rest of your life. And I have a friend who, he was 59, and he'd done some yoga and been vegetarian, but he kind of slipped away from it. And he was walking in the mountains, and he got chest pain. And he realized that he was in trouble and called the EMTs. And when they came to get him, they said, yes, you are having a heart attack. But he remembered deep relaxation. So what he did was he put himself down into deep relaxation. He stayed in deep relaxation while they got him in the helicopter, got him to the hospital, and he stayed in deep relaxation all while he was in intensive care unit. And he ended up having very little damage to his heart. So what what I feel is so important about these tools is that you can use them for the rest of your life in all circumstances. And, and where, where, would you, minute, where would you get that? And even somebody, one minute makes a difference. Right. And somebody listening so, and says, I want to follow up. Where do they get that information? How do oh, they... you, can get, you can buy that, video, that DVD from Amazon. You can mm-hmm. order it from the basic um, Integral Yoga distribution. Right. Uh, I can give you their 800 number mm-hmm. if you would like it. We can post um, but it up it's on called our... it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Integral Yoga Distribution. And for those of you who want to know more about the science that I've been talking about, um, there is a new book called The Principles and Practice of Yoga in Healthcare. And it's multiple authors. It's um, Satbir Singh Khalsa from Harvard, who's done a lot of research on this. Um, it's Timothy McCall, who's an MD. And, and it's also Shirley Tellis. And Shirley Tellis is an MD from India who runs a 750-bed hospital in Hardwar wow. where they do research. On, they're doing a lot of research. She's published over 400 papers on the medical benefits and health benefits of yoga. Uh, speaking of research, Amrita, um, one you 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 mentioned Dean Ornish before. Uh, you and he uh, have done a lot of research together. He's he of course became very well known with uh, best-selling books and research on uh, uh, treatment and prevention of uh, heart disease. Um, way back when, and uh, when I interviewed him for uh, American Veda, he told us the story of how he came to uh, be a student of Swami Satchidananda's when he was a troubled uh, medical school student. Yes. But it turns out that his real introduction was a paper that you wrote, and uh-huh. and you've, you've worked together uh, <clears throat> on a lot of his protocol, which he's became known as this kind of you know, low-fat vegetarian diet guy, but he, it was always really uh, uh, an integral protocol, wasn't yes, it? a balanced lifestyle, and now he's part of this new movement, which is the Academy of Lifestyle Medicine. Um, 
So, yes, and not only preventing and reversing heart disease, but preventing and reversing diabetes, preventing and reversing cancer, showing that within three months of an, of an balanced lifestyle protocol, which is diet, a vegan diet, exercise, an hour of walking a day, an hour and a half of yoga per day. We didn't really know when we started our research how much yoga was needed, mm-hmm. but it's a half an hour of meditation, mm-hmm. half an hour of hatha in the morning, and half an hour of meditation at night that's, that's really required to get the reversal of disease. And then group support, so that's the fourth component. It's hard to have a healthy lifestyle, just there's so many temptations out there. So... So those four components, and within three months, about 500 different genes get affected. This is a new science of epigenetics, where you're not stuck with the genes from your family uh, disease history, but you can exchange the, the your lifestyle for a healthy one and affect the expression of those genes. So it turns off the genes that promote heart disease and cancer and turns on the genes that fight heart disease and cancer. It also reverses the aging process, which really is making yoga the fountain of youth. The, the, if you look at an individual cell, um, at the end of the cell, there, there are telomeres, which um, have to do with the replication of those cells. And as they fray, as you get older, you get wrinkling, you get aging. But that process can be uh, repaired and then reversed. It showed, this is really exciting information, that you can create uh, strengthening and repair of that frayed, like the end of a shoelace that's frayed, it gets fixed again. And then telomerase, which is the enzyme that helps do that, is increased. So this happens again within three months of that process. Uh, so this is the only only diet and lifestyle program that has been showed to prevent and reverse heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Amrita, uh, you mentioned a- aging. Uh, uh, I uh, heard a Native American doctor who was actually also a medical doctor out of Stanford, but then he, he was Native American and was trained in Native American medicine. He said, if your system of medicine <clears throat> or treatment is to prevent death, you'll always fail. The goal should be to die in wholeness. Uh, what would you say to that? Well, that's the beauty of integral yoga for me, is that it addresses, and yoga in general address, mm-hmm. all the different aspects of the human journey. So it's, it's really this ancient teaching and collection of teachings that answer uh, the very deepest questions. Who are we as humans, and what are we supposed to be doing here? The, the answers uh, for the body, for the mind, for the spirit, and also our connection to nature and to community. I think there's, there's five aspects to keep ourselves healthy. N- working on the individual body, working on the individual mind, our deepest connection to spirit underneath, that which is eternal in us. And then our connection to nature, which is you know in dire straits at the moment, and our connection to community, which... Uh, you know, we are stronger if we have a diverse uh, community of people and, and we are stronger together. Um, they've actually done studies of this with crops and this whole monoculture puts us more at risk for disease and the plants for disease. But if we have a variety of plants, it helps prevent drought. It keeps us stronger so we are 
as they say, stronger together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Amrita, you've been uh, a student of yoga, a teacher of yoga, uh, uh, a researcher uh, uh, of yoga for more than 40 years now, not to remind us of how old we are, but um, um, and as have Dennis and I, and um, a lot has changed. In, in those four decades or more, if you go back to when Swami Satchidananda first came in the 60s, um, what is your assessment of the current yoga scene and as it's gone from a kind of relatively uh, fringe element of the counterculture back in the day to now being this fashionable thing that um, seems to be omnipresent. What well, is I think that's a great question, Phil, because it's exciting to me to see the evolution. It's, it's one in ten Americans now practice yoga and the latest information, and one in three is considering yoga within the next year. <laughs> so it really, I'll get around to it. We have become mm -hmm. the yoga nation in a way. And when I first went to India in 1974, it was actually harder to find yoga in India. That's right. Uh, yeah. And there was a lot of uh, prejudice against it as this sort of folk tradition. And now they've seen the Western uh, <clears throat> research, and particularly Dean's research, showing how powerful it is. Um, so now they're, they're really introducing it in the schools. And uh, the Prime Minister Modi taught a yoga class to 35,000 students all at once on Yo International Yoga Day last year. So... Uh, I see it as, for me, from a, from a medical point of view particularly, I envision, and it's already beginning to happen, a yoga teacher at the bedside of every hospital patient. So the word hospital comes from the root hospitality. So our hospital should be at least as comfortable mm -hmm. as as a great <coughs> hotel, which they aren't yet. No. no, no Amrita, I wanted to ask you about yoga. There's so many different types of yoga. And some of it, it, to me, seems to be have been very westernized, where you have the teacher with a, a microphone up front, and either there's music, or some people do it in, in extreme heat. And Is there good and bad yoga, or really good yoga and not so good yoga? <laughs> well, I consider those type of rock and roll yoga lineages as kind of like for gymnastics. And they do count for gymnastics, but they're not really getting the relaxation response as much as is needed for rejuvenation and relaxation. So it's fine if you like that kind of yoga, but I would also recommend doing some relaxation, slowing down, letting the body rejuvenate itself by doing some of the gentle uh, and, and sort of restorative-type practices as well. What do you think Swami Satchidananda would uh, think of today's yoga scene? Oh, he'd be he'd be so embracing. He was always that was one of his great uh, traits that he was full of love for everyone, and he would include everybody and include uh, every political lineage as well, because we're all in this together. We're all uh -huh. on spaceship or Earth. And we should point out uh, one of the things that was uh, very uh, remarkable about him in, in the days uh, when he was in New York, especially, it was uh, uh, his uh, interfaith work. He um, was 
the the sort of the the swami who uh, kind of integrated sort of speak, yes. the yes. interfaith world which used to be you know priest minister and rabbi and yes, now so, there was a swami as well and he had this series of of uh encounters with uh, rabbi gelberman which are yes. probably on youtube yes. yes and the dalai lama and many other people from lots of different lineages and that's what i mean i think we need to do that in the yoga world uh yoga is one paths of yoga are many so we can we can embrace all these different paths, aerial yoga and paddleboard yoga and all these <laughs> kinds of things as part of people's mm-hmm. journey. But remembering in the end, it's about love and caring and kindness and service. And those things are hard to do, It's hard, especially if people are different. But what a wonderful world we create every time we move in that direction. Great. We, yeah. we help Great. ourselves be more healthy and we help our world be more healthy. Uh, and in terms of reversing disease, um, the, I was talking with Dean recently, and I asked him, well, what percentage of the reversal program is the daily yoga? And he said about 50%. Hmm. So 50% is diet and 50% is yoga, and, and a certain other percentage is love and intimacy uh, and and also active exercise. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's more than 100%. But basically, the, <laughs> each, each of those four elements well, is important. Yoga can stand for more than 100%. Phil, yes. do you have any final well, questions? Yeah, go ahead. My favorite new book on diet is, is Michael Greger's called How Not to Die. And he has a wonderful website okay. called nutritionfacts.org. And this is the best book on vegan diet in the mm-hmm. last, since the China study. So it really supports... And the research does support that the plant-based diet is the very best for humans. Um, Amrita, we don't have much time left. I'll ask one final question. What research are you doing at... Well, since I worked with Dean, I've also worked with Michael Lerner uh, at the Commonweal Center and Shanti Norris at Smith Farm using yoga with cancer patients and... Then lately I've been working with Dr. Oz's father-in-law, Dr. Jerry Lamole, who's also a cardiac surgeon. He discovered when he would operate on patients with heart, the most common form of heart disease in this country, which is clogging of the coronary arteries, that he would see the lymph around the heart was all dense and, and thick, full of Cheetos and animal fats and so forth. And then he would operate on patients who just had valve disease and their lymph was clear, clear as, uh, as clear, uh, you know, water in a bottle. So what he did was he did an experiment where he took animals and he cut the lymph around their heart and in three weeks they had blockages in their coronary arteries. So what he showed by that experiment was how important lymph flow is to keep our arteries in good shape. And that is a very important piece of how yoga works. Hmm. The, the asanas, the stretching, even the relaxation, they all help with lymph flow. We have four times as much lymph as we do blood. So the, um, keeping our lymph flowing, every time you take a deep breath, you, you pump some lymph because the lymph doesn't have a pump behind it the way the heart does. Very good. So, so there's a reason to take a deep breath, and it's the most portable of all our yoga tools, is mm-hmm. deep breathing and then love and kindness. Great, great, great points, and uh, uh, thank you so very much to come on, and all information uh, in regard to what you were speaking about. 
I'd love posted. to have more time. In, I, I really want to talk about the essence of uh, Einstein's work and the fact that we aren't any of us going anywhere anyway, so we might as well relax. We right, right. Well, we'll have you back on the show. <laughs> to me, is the ultimate health. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you, and we look forward to having you back on. Uh, thank you. All the best. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye.